Claptrap, Episode 6, Cricket. Hey everyone, it's your favorite host here. We're going to have a couple firsts today on the episode. The first being that I'm going to be flying solo because Josh is in a little bit of flux right now. He's actually in the process of moving back to Ohio from Nashville, Tennessee. So this just once again proves that Ohio is the best state in the Union and the United States is basically formed of Ohio and its 49 other minions. So that's one thing. And then The other is that this will be our first international episode. This episode will feature a call all the way across the world to India. We will be talking with my friend Alan Rajan about one of India's favorite sports, cricket. So I hope you guys enjoy and let's get it on. How are you doing today, Alan? Hey, Kyle. Good morning. Been pretty good. It's kind of evening here in India. And what about you? How are you? Yeah, just getting through Thanksgiving here, trying to get back into things. So where are you calling from? What city in India are you currently in? So I'm currently in Bangalore. That's a city in the south of India. So it's known as the ID capital or Silicon Valley of India. It's kind of uh, synonymous to uh, California. So most of the IT and tech stuff happens in Bangalore. Cool, cool. So are there any famous cricket players from that part of India? Oh, oh yes. Quite a few players who've represented India. So namely Rahul Dravid. Uh, he's one of the greats of the game. There's Anil Kumble. He's one of the leading wicket takers for India. So yeah, we have we've got a couple of people from India, and we've got uh, young rising stars, you know, who who are just making their mark and you know making a statement in the game of cricket. I'm pretty sure, like five, ten years down the line, they also would become legends. So how long have you been playing cricket? Ever since I could remember, maybe like three or four years old. It's a pretty common sport in India. I think that would be one of the first gifts our parents would gift their children you know, mainly a guy, a boy, then yes, you have a cricket bat and ball, ball gifted and a lot of people here play and, you know, all you have to do is find a ground or if not, if you have space in your house, you can still play. So I think I've been playing for almost uh, 20 years now. So needless to say, you've got plenty of experience on the cricket pitch. I guess to start off, can you give us a rundown, maybe like what is the basic object of the game? Yeah, so cricket is not very familiar with uh, the folks in America. You could compare it to baseball, where the main objective of the game is to to hit the ball with the bat. It's pretty uh, similar to the baseball rules as well, with just some minor changes. Basically, you have two teams. Each team would have 11 players and one substitute. While a team is batting, the other other team would be bowling. The main objective is, if you're batting first, you set a score. Basically, you hit the ball and, you know, you have runs just like how you have in baseball. And then once the first team that bats, they put a score on board. Uh, the second team that chases the score, their main aim is to chase down that target. And if, if they chase it down, they win. What is the shape of the field? Because baseball, we kind of have a kind of like a 90 degree right angle. Is cricket the same or is it a like a circle or a rectangle? What's the field look like? Typically, the boundaries would be circle, but there are certain cricket stadiums, you know, they're 
rectangular fields with you know slightly curved edges you would have oval as well but typically it will be a circular boundary so that's how the boundary line would be or basically the outline would be of a cricket ground okay so then kind of to continue with the baseball parallels in baseball you have one batter and one pitcher and you throw the ball through the air but cricket's a little different in the fact that the pitcher is known as a bowler and do you throw it on the ground or is it like a one bounce thing before the, the hitter tries to hit it? Currently, when a team is batting, they would have two batsmen on field or in the pitch. So the batsman who's currently batting is called the striker. The other batsman on the other uh, edge of the pitch. Uh, so basically, uh, the pitch is in the center or usually is in the center of uh, the uh, cricket ground. And the batsman who's on the other end of the pitch, he's called the non-striker. And when they run between the wickets, basically that would add up to the runs. And the length between the wickets or the pitch, it's about 22 yards. So when when the bowler runs into bowl, uh, either he could be a fast bowler, a uh, uh, seamer, or uh, he could be a spinner. The ideal way is to utilize the pitch. That's basically pitching the ball into the pitch. Otherwise, if the bowler bowls a full toss, that's also legal. It would be a kind of freebie for the batsman. He can just hit it out of the park. Although a full toss or basically if the ball doesn't pitch, if it reaches the batsman without pitching above his waistline, it's called a no ball, which is a illegal delivery and the bowler or the bowling team will be penalized for it. Okay. Similar to baseball, there's different pitches that a bowler can throw. You can throw a fastball or a curveball or there's, you know, several other varieties. It sounds like there's something similar there for cricket as well. Does the cricket ball have seams on it? Cuz like in baseball, you get the spin by grabbing the seams and you can put rotation on the ball that way. Is the cricket ball similar? Yeah, so I think baseball, it kind of has a curved kind of a seam, which kind of goes through the whole ball. For the cricket ball, they mainly use a leather ball while playing international professional matches. You have six seam lines going through one uh, circumference, basically through the largest diameter or basically the diameter. You have six seam lines going through the ball, and that's basically where the leather ball is stitched. And you can utilize that seam to uh, have variations in the way you bowl. In baseball, the game is split up into nine innings where you have three outs apiece on each side. So, you know, one team will play defense. And then once you get record three outs, either by catching the ball, having a strikeout, throwing it to the nearest base to force a runner. What are the ways in which you get somebody out in cricket? There are multiple ways uh, where you can get a person out. So one uh, would be uh, basically, uh, like I mentioned before, there's something called the wickets or it's called the stumps. The main objective of the bat uh, batsman while scoring runs is also to defend his stumps. So if the bowler gets to knock off the wicket, it's made of two things. It has a long stick called the stump and then there are small wooden bales over it. So if the bales are dislaunched, then that's out. That's called being bold. The batsman basically has to defend his wicket, make sure that you know his wickets are intact while he's at the crease. The other way to get out would be just like baseball, if the batsman hits it in the air and a fielder catches it. There's also something called the run out, where in the process of, you know, you hit the ball, the batsman hits the ball and they run between the wickets. And if the fielder throws into the ball and they manage to dislaunch the bales or take the wickets off, before the batsman reaches the crease, basically like in baseball where he's shot of the base, uh, that's also called a run out. Uh, that's a way he could be out. And a more technical 
way that a batsman can get out is something called a leg before wicket. There are different variations to it, how you could get out. But that's basically, you know, if the ball's coming in line directly to the wicket and you defend with your leg, basically uh, without the bat touching. And if your leg is in line with the wicket, that means your leg is obstructing the wicket and the ball's ball is actually going to going on to hit the wicket, but your legs and legs in line, it's called an LBW. That basically short form for leg before wicket. That would be an out in cricket that would have a lot of technicalities in, involved with it because you have three things to check. That's if the ball is pitching in line, if it's, you know, if the impact is in line and then if it's hitting the wicket. So you kind of have to check with all these three things. And then that's also one of the way to get out while batting. I guess you've used the, the term wicket multiple times so far. Can you maybe explain what a wicket is to someone that has no clue what that is? A wicket is basically a wooden stump. You could think of it like a picket fence. You would usually have three stumps on either end of the pitch. And on top of the stump, you would have something called the bales. So if you think about it, it kind of forms uh, an M shape where you have three lines and then you have two smaller lines on the top, just joining the three longitudinal lines. So the whole thing is called the wicket. And you have two wickets, one basically at the striking end and one at the non-striker's end. So in two ends of the pitch, you have wickets. Okay. That helps out a lot. Because even like in American English, I don't I'm not sure why it kind of still exists because like you said, cricket's not exactly popular in the United States. So we have like a term right through the wickets, like if something goes right between someone's legs. So I'm not sure why that has survived in American English, but we have that phrase. I guess one difference, like I said before, we split the game up into innings for baseball, but cricket, you have to get the entire team out before you switch between offense and defense. Is that correct? Yes. So I think uh, one more main thing to note is while, you know, explaining the game to uh, someone who is new, there are different forms at which the cricket is played. This is a game that originated in England, so it came about from there, and I think they've been playing around since the 17th century. It became international in the late 20th century, where you know a lot of teams started playing. So cricket in its original form is called a test cricket, which is played over a duration of five days. So each team, basically the batting and bowling team, they would get two innings to you know set up a score on board. So while playing test, the batting team can keep on playing till all of the batsmen are out. So that's 10 wickets, 10 people till uh, 10 of them are out. They can keep playing. I guess I'm not sure, but I do remember that, you know, if you're batting first, you can, I think, bat for two and a half days after which you are forced to declare. Although I'm not sure if that rule is still in effect. And I haven't seen any of the teams, you know, recently go on batting for two and a half days. So over there, you have no balls restriction, like how many balls you can ball. The bowling team has to get all of the wickets or the entire batting team out. So that's one innings. And then same goes with the bowling team. Once they come into bat, they bat. And then if they score more than the batting team, then they have the lead. If they don't, then they have to trail. And then the batting team again comes back for the second innings and they again set a score on board. Also, they can do something called a declare, where I feel like I've got enough runs on the board. I'm pretty sure the team won't score. I can declare. So at the end of five days, if any of the teams, they've managed to stay above the runs from the other side and managed to get the other team, all of their team out twice, then the team batting first, they win. 
else, uh, if they can't get them out, then the match ends up as a draw match. That's the purest form of cricket. That's why it's called test. You kind of test all the players, you know, for each of the abilities, you know, either it's if it's batting or bowling and also their physical fitness because you're five days in the ground playing for almost eight or nine hours a day. Well, so it's really a marathon when you're playing test matches. Yeah. So it, what are some of the other formats? The second format is called a 50-over format or basically a one-day. So there, in a 50-over format, what you have is you have 50 overs. Basically, one over is six balls being bowled by a bowler. So in total, if you see, they have 50 into six, 300 balls uh, to set a score. So if the batting team doesn't utilize all their players, they can use all the 50 overs to set a score on board. And the team batting second, basically the team that's chasing, will have to reach that score or chase down that score in uh, within the 50 overs. In a 50 over format, 99% of the time you would have a winner because you have a stipulated time. But there are chances where you have tie games as well, where you know both the teams end up scoring the same. So that's a tie game as well. The third format is the shortest format recognized internationally. That's called 20 over format. That's 2020, where it's the same thing, wherein it's just 20 overs. So instead of 300 balls, you have 120 balls. There you have 20 overs, each with six balls, which is, again, uh, the shortest format of the game. This is more entertaining because, you know, everything happens very fast. And then, you know, you have a lot of, you know, firepower and uh, entertaining stuff happening in the shortest format of the game. So if you go out and normally play with your friends, is this last format the type you normally play? No. So when we play with friends, it would either be like, you know, typically five overs or six overs. It depends on the number of people who are there to play. It's not always necessary that you need 11 players to play playing with friends. But yes, when you're playing professional cricket, you need at least 11 people uh, in the ground. I've played very, very few uh, professional games with clubs. Uh, So there, yes, uh, we would either play 8 or 20 overs. But internationally, professional cricket, the shortest format is be 20 overs. But, you know, if we're just playing for fun with friends, we decide how many overs to play for. Or, you know, do we play for overs or do we play till we get out or something like that? Okay, so that makes a lot of sense. Can you kind of give us a breakdown of the different positions that are available in cricket? and? When you're playing defense, do you have like a set position that you have to stand in the field or can you deploy your players wherever you want? Basically, the question is regarding the fielding positions, right? Where you're manning the field to save the ball from going into the boundary. Yes. It's all based on team's strategy, but you would need one person. So one mandatory person in the field is called the wicket keeper who is standing behind the stumps. So he's right behind the striking batsman. So that's a mandatory position. And then you have the bowler running in. So you you already have two positions or two players taken. So the other nine players can be placed wherever, but there are still restrictions. There's something called the power play. Although for test, there is no power play. I think in test, you have about maximum of five or six players outside the inner circle. So there is something called the inner circle as well, which is like a 30-yard line within the pitch. You could have six people outside but in the shorter format that's the 50 over format or the 20 over format you have something called the power play wherein at the start of the game for each innings for you know the batting and the team batting second for each of them a power play is basically you can only have two or three fielders outside the inner circle so that's only two or three fielders manning the long boundary so that's kind of like a advantage for the batsman where he can go 
all guns blazing that's that's why it's called power play he can you know be uh, relentless and you know take brave shots outside and he can even hit it in the air because there are less fielders near the boundary line but once the power plays are over a team can have a maximum of five people outside the inner circle and this applies to both the 50 over and the 20 over format okay so it sounds like similar to baseball you have an, an infield and then an outfield what happens when the ball gets hit over the boundary yeah, so when the batsman hits the ball outside the boundary, with the team has awarded a total of six runs, uh, which is kind of equivalent to a home run in baseball, I guess. That's the maximum number of runs a batsman or a team can get. If the batsman does hit it along the ground, basically if the ball even pitches at least once and then crosses the boundary, he's awarded four runs. But if the ball doesn't reach the boundary and if the fielders do manage to collect the ball and keep it within the boundary and return it to either the bowler's end or the wicket-keeping end, then then the runs would be basically the number of runs, the batsmen run between the wickets. So that could be one, two, or three. Although running four runs would be close to impossible, but I guess it's happened. But yeah, the number of runs would be the number of runs the batsmen run between the wickets. Okay, yeah, so it sounds like there's a concept similar to, so like in baseball, if it hits in the outfield and then bounces into the stands, we have what's called a ground rule double. So you would get two bases that were to occur. Can you talk about maybe the equipment that you would need? So if I was going to go out and start playing cricket tomorrow, what are the necessary pieces of equipment that I would need in order to start? Because cricket, they use something called a leather ball, and that's that's pretty hard. There can be cases of serious injury. So yes, you would need protective equipment. So basic stuff would be your helmet. Obviously, you need to protect your head. So you would have a cricket helmet. And I think there are three, three or four basic mandatory equipment that you would need. The first one is the helmet. The second one is something called the hand gloves. All of these are padded. So, you know, even, even a pretty good impact, the pads would absorb it. So the gloves go, go for your palms and your fingers. So you hold the bat with your gloves as well. And then you have something called the leg pads, which would protect your entire leg, basically from your ankle to a little above your knee. So that's basically uh, for both your legs. And you have something called the abdomen guard. That's, you know, for men's cricket uh, to protect uh, men's uh, uh, private parts. So you have something called the abdomen guard. And people can also use something called, uh, you know, the thigh guard, which is to protect their exposed thigh, basically the one that's um, facing uh, the bowler, and also something called the elbow guard. And uh, you could also have something to protect your chest, but uh, I haven't seen a lot of players use it. But yeah, your leg pads, your gloves, your helmet, and your abdomen guards would be your most essential protective equipment. Yeah, so it sounds like pretty much similar stuff to, to baseball because hitters, they can wear elbow guards, leg guards, all that kind of stuff in order to protect from when the the pitcher hits them most of the time on accident. Has there ever been anybody killed playing cricket? Because back in the day, baseball players used to hit without a helmet or anything. They would just wear their normal cap. And then a couple people got hit in the head with the ball and ended up dying from it. Famously, one of them was our hometown team here, the Cleveland Indians. They had a player die in that manner back in, I think, like the 20s. So... Has something ever happened like that in cricket? Do you know? Having serious injuries on the field, I wouldn't say it's pretty common, but it does happen. And uh, sometimes even death. There have been few instances, but I think one every 
cricketer would know as Phil Hughes from Australia. He did die on the cricket pitch where a fast bowler, his name was Abbott, he kind of bowled a bouncer to the batsman. That's Phil Hughes. And it hit him right below his helmet, right below his ear. So it kind of struck him on the neck, on the left side of the neck. That kind of knocked him out immediately. And he died, I think, a few hours later once he was taken to intensive care unit. But he was one of the good cricketers in Australia. And this, I think, happened somewhere in 2014 or 2013, something around that time. But although not very common, it does happen. So ICC, that's the International Cricket Council, that's the managing board for cricket all over or internationally. They do set up rules. They do set up precautions and measures to prevent stuff like this from happening. But, you know, everything is in the sport. So you you never know what comes. So you were talking a little bit about the international kind of aspect to the game. Is there like a World Cup or are there professional leagues that players can play in? Yes, there is a Cricket World Cup, which happens once in four years. Again, the World Cup is for the 50-over format, and there is a 2020 World Cup as well. Uh, So basically, the 2020 World Cup is 20 overs. And recently, they've started something called the World Test Championship. So for the test series or test match, which lasts for five days, there was nothing that, you know, there was no world competition, just, you know, ranking the teams based on their performance in the year. But they've started something called the World Test Championship, The reason being, it's pretty long and to have a tournament where a single match could last for five days, it's pretty hard. But they've spanned out the World Test Championship for, I think, close to two years. And then the top two or three teams would battle it out amongst themselves for the crown. But the World Cup, the 50-over World Cup, probably it would last for one or one and a half months. It's a tournament where internationally recognized teams which is about, I think, I would say close to 11 or 12 teams across globally, would compete against each other for the 50-over crown. And same goes with the 20-over World Cup as well, where the only difference is instead of 50-overs, you play 20-over. Who are recognized as the top teams? So for something like soccer, Brazil is known as like a soccer nation. Basketball, America is probably the top team in the world. New Zealand is known for their rugby team. Yeah, so I think it's something to do with the color yellow, because I know Brazil is yellow. And one of the teams that dons yellow in cricket is uh, Australia. So talking about uh, the color of jerseys, test match, both the teams would have white jerseys. Everything would be white. Everyone would be wearing white. But uh, for the one day international, the 50 and the 20 over format, uh, you can have your home and away colors. Each country have their specific color. But coming back to, you know, which team dominates, Australia is considered as one of the greatest teams. They have won five World Cups. So they are considered to be one of the most dominant teams in cricket. So that's on an international level. But on a domestic level, you have a lot of leagues happening within, you know, each country. And in India, one that's very famous and has global spectatorship is something called the IPL. That's the Indian Premier League, wherein you have a mix of Indian players and overseas players, the foreign players as well. And that happens every year. So that's also a big thing, but that's domestic cricket. But yes, internationally, Australia is one of the most dominant teams in in world cricket. Who is your team in the IPL? Who do you root for? Obviously, my my home team. (laughs) They are called the Royal Challengers of Bangalore. In short, they're called RCB. And I think everyone listening to the podcast, you can go check RCB's website and you can start supporting RCB. I think it's one of the most vibrant teams, although we haven't won the IPL in the last 12 years. But I guess it's you know one of the most uh, entertaining and 
spoken about franchises in the IPL and it's got pretty interesting players playing for them the indian captain currently i would say most popular opinion as well the best odi player in the world is someone called virat kohli he also captains the bangalore team so yes my team is my hometown it's called royal challengers of bangalore to try to give people perspective how much does like the top player make in the in the IPL yeah that's a good question so again like i mentioned virat kohli is the most expensive player because again he's the best in the world so every year they have a small auction and then they have in once in few years few years they have something called the mega auction wherein they buy players and the salary of the players is basically the price they bought at and plus all the other ads that they do but virat kohli was bought at a whopping i think right now his salary is around 18 or 19 crores i don't know how much that would translate to usd but he would be one of the top rated and top paid players in world cricket as well but yeah i guess 17 crores would be let's say close to maybe 300000 if i've got my math correct so that's how much he would get paid annually okay so it's it's still really good money but it's not you know the top baseball guys are I think Mookie Betts just signed like a $320 million contract. So not anywhere near that level. I think I'm Mr. Zero. So it's it's $3 million. Uh, sorry, not $300,000. It's $3 million US dollars. Again, yeah, it's it's not as much as NBA or anything of that sort. Uh, again, this is like a domestic thing here where each, you know, a private party buys a team. So that's the maximum, I think. Uh, they can go again i think there is a reason i don't know i'm not sure about the nba because each team they have a cap on how much they can spend on players so let's say a, a team has a cap of 80 or 85 crores they have to fit in all the all the players within within that they have to basically make a squad of minimum of 20 people within that 80 85 crores so if you think about it 85 crores and virat kohli takes up let's say 17 or 18 crores that's uh, easily one fifth of the team's entire spendings and you need to make the rest of the team in the remaining four fifths okay so it's similar to a bunch of different sports where you have a salary cap a maximum amount that you can spend so you can either try to have a couple really good outstanding players that are really expensive or you can try to be more balanced and spread out kind of the wealth over the entire team versus just having it concentrated in one or two guys Yeah, I think yeah, so that's a better way to go about it. I think also that's where my home team lacks because we have like two three, you know, very big players for a more well-balanced side. I spoke about Australia and the international level, the domestic level, the team from Mumbai. I'm pretty sure everyone know, knows Bombay from India. So the team from Mumbai is uh, regarded to be like the greatest team in the IPL and also in domestic cricket. Out of the 12 seasons IPL, Mumbai have won five already. That's close to 50% of the titles. And they've won the five titles in the last eight years. So they have a more balanced team wherein you have like a batsman, you have all-rounder, you have a bowler. So there are recognized people or recognized players for every department. So they are a more well-balanced side. And that speaks volumes because they are the champion side in IPO. So it sounds like in the American baseball In the major leagues, we have a team called the New York Yankees that they've won the most championships out of everybody, and pretty much everybody dislikes them outside of New York. So it sounds kind of like what Mumbai is to the IPL. One of the greatest 
players to play the game was a person called Sachin Tendulkar. Someone who knows cricket would would have heard of him, Sachin Tendulkar, and he's retired now. But he's from Mumbai. He's a local Mumbai boy. He represented Mumbai, and that caught a huge fan following for Mumbai. And um, and of late, they've been winning games as well, or winning the tournaments. So. I don't think people hate them. They are clear favorites everywhere. But yes, there's there's a lot of rivalry between cities. Um, but I, I would say Mumbai is one of the most loved teams in India. So on the international level, India and Pakistan have probably one of the more heated rivalries. Uh, to wrap up, do you think you could maybe talk about that? Oh, yes. Some of the most noteworthy rivalries are like, you know, I would say Australia and England. That goes way back. But again, for Indian folks, it's India and Pakistan. That's not just cricket, you know, there's also other political and diplomatic issues which flows into the game. You know, all of that is outside the sport, but, you know, once you're in the field, you know, the players, they they concentrate on the game and, uh, you know, they are true gentlemen of the game. They have the spirit of cricket, both teams, India and Pakistan. You have that fierce competition going on, but I'm pretty sure nothing of that is taken off the field. It's just within the field, but on an international level, I think my favorite match would be to watch an India-Pakistan match because that's that would have all kinds of, you know, heated talent and then, you know, a lot of drama going on. But yeah, all the fans are pumped up. India-Pakistan would be one of the most uh, sought-after rivalries in the cricketing world. Okay, and I guess to part with, is there anywhere in America we could watch a cricket game in order to maybe get into the sport? Oh, yes. You mean like streaming online or like go physically watch the game? I guess both. Yeah, I I do know because I've played for a couple of clubs uh, in Michigan and Ohio. There are teams in Cleveland. There are teams uh, in, I would say, Canton, Akron as well. But I feel there are more cricketing clubs and teams in Michigan. So if you do want to go watch, uh, uh, there are tournaments all over. For now, it's been stopped because it's winter there. But we can just go online and check for, you know, cricketing tournaments that's been happening. And pretty sure there would be lots, lots of them happening near Columbus and Dayton. But if you do want to go watch online, it depends on which broadcaster is streaming the tournament. For me, I use something called Hotstar. It's an Indian online streaming platform. So Hotstar US would be an app where I watch most of my cricketing games like the World Cup. So the World Cup happened last year and the IPL as well. So Hotstar is like a app that I use, but there are games that people do play US. We do change a little bit of the rules because we have to adapt to the baseball ground. We are, most of the cricket matches happens in baseball ground, but yeah, you have full pitches as well. But yeah, there are plenty of options to go watch live as well in US. All right. Well, thanks, Alan, for coming on. It's been a pleasure getting to know the, the cricket game. Hopefully, maybe we can start a movement where America starts to embrace the game and we can get some some cricket matches going on over here. Oh, yes, uh, definitely. Thank you for having me, Kyle. It's been a privilege. And uh, also, uh, USA does have an international cricket team. So if anyone wants to check them out, it's not a full member of the ICC, but there is quite a bit of cricket happening around. I guess it's not very popular, but cricket, I think it's just growing in USA. All right. Sounds good. Thanks again, Alan. All right, Kyle. Have a good day then. Take care. Okay, as we flip over to our normal concluding segment where Josh and I talk about if we would pick up the hobby or not, or at least give it a try, this one's probably going to be a shorter segment. Growing up, I was a huge baseball guy. I played baseball, you know, from the time I was maybe like five years old all the way up through high school. So I think I would give cricket a shot since they're pretty similar in nature. I would go out and take some some hacks with that flat bat 
if Allen gets a game going during the summertime once the weather gets better again. Just one interesting thing I think about is some of the pro baseball guys, if they would give a shot to cricket, I think of kind of the low ball hitters like Vlad Guerrero. He was just straight up garbage, man. He could, I think he actually did hit a home run after a pitch bounced off the ground. I think he, I think that happened. So I would like to see him give cricket a whirl. I think that would be really entertaining and yeah, maybe cricket will start to pick up around the U.S. and we'll get another major sport to watch in addition to, you know, the four major ones, hockey, football, basketball, and baseball. So it'll be interesting to see. So I think that's where we're going to wrap it up there. And we'll see you guys next time. Thanks.